0: I'm in my backyard, because it feels incredible, and I really want some sunshine and some outdoor time. It's uh, pretty easy for me to stay inside these days. I'm almost recovering from a knee injury. I actually don't know how that happened, but recovering from it nonetheless, I think I went in a little hard before my body was ready to get back into working out post delivery for whatever reason, maybe due to inactivity. I don't know. Whatever it is, I've had like a knee injury for the last couple of months. So I've been going a little bit easier on it. It still hurts, but it doesn't hurt as much. So I'm hoping now that the weather's great and consistent to get back outside. And here's the start. You're doing it with me. Anyway, I um, hope you guys all heard that bonus episode I had with my mom, uh, where we discussed forgiveness and a little tidbits on what that might look like for some of you and for us and for everyone. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she, my mom has been in town, so it's been really nice. My husband and I have been able to, to just go see a movie, go have some dinner. We've been able to move a little bit easier since my mom is home watching the three little girls. Uh, yeah, so, um... I don't know. It's, it's been kind of uh, interesting because since she's been home, I've been out more. So I haven't been really been doing stuff inside besides like playing Animal Crossing. Um, and so, you know, that's been interesting and fun for me to tap into tap into a little bit more of that gaming aspect. Anyway, guys, well, let's just get right into the show. It's uh, it's been a fun one. Hey, guys, it's March. And you're listening to. All right, so this episode opens up with some Monopoly. And we learn that Jesse, Miss Jesse Bus, has metastatic, metastatic cancer. And so that's been the reason why she's been having these strokes and these, you know, episodes. So we're, I feel like we're about to watch Jerry Buss become a little bit more human in a sense. Not that he isn't human, but, you know, we're, I think we're about to watch him on this journey of the thought of losing his mom. And, you know, for anyone who has experience losing someone grief looks different on everyone and i would i wonder what grief was going to look like if she were to pass away in this season um and so you know um jerry bus is talking about basically how everyone is playing a card and i really love this scene because this is a game and everyone is a player you know and we're we're watching every player, every character, you know, um assume the position and play their role and pick their card and play that next play that next characteristic in that card, in that game, in, in that play. <laughs> and I, I thought the scene was just so beautifully played and so beautifully put together. Especially because, you know, Monopoly comes up a lot in, in this season. And, um, which is, you know, interesting because you think of Monopoly as a game that we've all entertained, but you know, it kind of reminded me about how, like, when was the last time you play like a board game? I mean, you might actually play more board games. I don't know. I I remember playing more board games as kids, even with like the grownups in my life we would sit around at the in the kitchen table at my aunt's house, and we would play like parcheesi, or we would play dominoes, or there was always some sort of game that we did everyone together. And you know, I play board games with my kids um, from time to time. We do like connect four, um, but we haven't really done like the dice game. Where I mean, we have and like Mario Party, but again, it's still online. We haven't played that kind of like dice roll of the dice game on a board, something a little bit more, like, textured and tangible. And and it just kind of made me a little bit more, like, melancholy for those days, which I, I don't necessarily enjoy being nostalgic too much. But I don't know. I just, I just kind of thought to myself, like, is anyone playing board games these days? Which I'm sure they are, but I don't see it. No one talks about it, so... You know, it was just really nice to see it back on the back on the screen in this way. Kind of Monopoly being its own character on the show. Um, And so then we're watching Nike Blazers, basically. And I'm just thinking to myself, ooh, do I want Nike Blazers? Do I? Because I I have a tendency to just like pick one brand and just like stick to it. And that's been Adidas for me. It's It's the one sports brand I wear. I stick to it and I don't look anywhere else. But these nike blazers i don't know i might want some i mean also nike just is really more for the narrow-footed person i'm I, I can't i have to go up like one and a half sizes just to wear nike and that ain't cool that ain't cool okay so now the next scene is we're at the game paul's on the floor and he's like You know, he's sweating, he's screaming, he's hollering. And suddenly Jack Nicholson is out here just like screaming at um, Paul. Honestly, I went down a whole rabbit hole of Jack Nicholson. And I'm just going to say I'm not unpacking that right now. I'm just not unpacking that right now. But wow, that was awesome. That was really fun. Now Paul has a choice to make. He can call. He can call Spencer to come in and bring in. Um... He can, he can call Spencer. He can choose Spencer to get on the court, to score some points, to take the beating, to take it. And he, and he doesn't. And he chooses Landsberger. That was personal. So now we're back in the coach conference room. It's been six weeks since the accident. And they're discussing who's the new head coach. What should they do? Can they really bet on Jack? Can they really wait until Jack? What's going to happen next? Because Paul is making it very clear that he cannot handle he cannot handle the power of being head coach. He can't handle that control, that balance. And they're trying to decide if they're going to make big, big risks. That's all I know. That's all I know. it's whether they're going to make big, big risks. And so we're at the hospital. And McKinney has lost something. So we're back at the hospital and Bus is coming in and he's talking to McKinney. And McKinney can't even hold a pen, can't even grapple, you know, a transfer between one hand to the other. And so Bus has to decide what's next. What's next for me? What's next for us? How much longer can I hold and wait? And Bus is moving that bussy. He's moving it around and he's moving it fast. He's trying to get the deals. And they're talking to each other and we have Bus and McKinney looking at one another like what are we going to do? There's all these sweaty close-ups and now suddenly we're in a place of dynasty. (laughs) And you know this show has really made some choices on their filters. It's It's kind of all over the place. At one point, it feels like the show already feels like it's retro because it is shot in a retro manner. But then these close-ups, they have these close-ups, these really unforgiving close-ups. It almost feels like like a Check It Out, um, like a Check It Out episode. (laughs) So it's like a mix between Check It Out you know tim and eric and their segment with um oh my god his name jerry bus uh, oh my god his name's passing me right now uh <laughs> and uh yeah so it, it it's kind of like all over the place kind of like me right now I'm, I'm feeling myself a little bit all over the place and so we're back at the coach's office and it's paul and pat and they're trying to decide okay are we going to be the team? Are are we going to be the coaches? Are they, are Paul and Pat going steady? Because in this scene, it really feels like they're deciding whether or not it's going to be them two. They're just going to hold hands into the court set. But overall, I was just feeling really hot and sweaty because I just thought like, wow, these two, this dynamic duo, I think they're going to do pretty well. You know, but I also think, can they do really well? Can they continue to keep, keep this, like, heat going between them? Keep this fire alive? Because Pat is really doing the uplifting. He's doing the load work for someone like Paul who just cannot and will not assume the role without such weight. And Pat is just telling him, take it easy. Take a deep breath. you got this. You were built for this. You've worked for this. You have the strategy. You know the mind of Jack. Bring those two together. And it's just so exhausting to watch Pat uplift someone who just does not want to be uplifted. And honestly, that's okay. But just move the fuck out the way. That's it. Just move out the way. Move out the way, Pat, Paul. Pat Paul, Pat Paul, Pat Paul. (laughs) We're kind of, we're building up for the um, Boston and um, Lakers game. We're watching Magic play. And we're watching Magic watch Bird play. And he's almost having, he's having a dialogue with Bird through the screen as if they're talking to one another as and we're getting inside the mind of magic and a little bit of how what he watches is influencing his his determination in the in the game and you know how how he's gonna play, how he is gonna perform. He's looking at this almost a little bit as a performance. Like he's still almost in like a perfunctory mode. He's still performing for everyone. You know, they're coming to watch a show. They're not. They're, it's not just about basketball. And so I, the dialogue between Magic and Bird and the scene really kind of tells me that at this point in time, ba- the basketball is definitely great. But it's really more about the performance. Uh, it's more about the acting. We're still acting at this point in time. One of my favorite scenes of this episode is the TWA airplanes the TWA airplanes. I mean, they're absolutely incredible. They were incredible as in like they were just so stylish and so gross at the same time. you know, because like they you could smoke in them and so everything probably just like smelled disgusting. But just that red and that white and that brown. Because I haven't seen planes look that elegant. And I'm not talking about like the, you know, the beds that turn into the the airplane seats that turn into beds for these long flights. I'm talking about the luxe, retro, but also futuristic. I forget what that um fashion, like that design style is called, but it's this like 70s futuristic it's like what the 70s thought the future was gonna look like you know like in the 2000s in the now so it's very like you know the Jetsons type of design dine like dine-in you know um almost like space dandy type of design which I love absolutely love can't get enough of it and did you guys know that there's a TWA hotel at JFK a TWL hotel at JFK. So you already know I'm booking. You already know I'm booking. That's a wrap. It's a wrap for y'all. So we're back at Buss's office. Frank is passed out. And here comes in Money Moves' Account. And so we have Claire, the accountant. She comes in, Mrs. Rothman. And I want to reenact this role for you. I want to reenact this scene for you because I just thought I learned so much. And again, disclaimer, I'm not saying this is exactly how it is, even though it feels like it, but this is I I'm replaying this role because I just think it's such a great learning moment about the behind the business of basketball and not just for for someone who's consumed, has been entertained. Learning so much about the behind the scenes of the business of basketball has made the game for me so much more enjoyable. And, you know, I now I kind of understand what everyone else kind of talks about a little bit, not that much, but just these trades and the cost behind these trades and seeing the genesis of that is is really fun. Okay, so let's reenact. So I'm going to play Claire Rothman. Bus and Frank. I hope I do it justice. Okay, so here um, comes in Claire and she knocks. Well, you weren't wrong about your mother. She's one hell of an accountant, even her mistakes are good. Bus. How's that, Claire? Claire. Three words depreciation of assets. Frank, depreciation of assets. We're gonna need more words. Okay, it's like this. Every team pays their players as employees, but according to the IRS, they are also assets, which means we should be able to deduct their total value, which means we should be able to deduct their total value and depreciation over time. Bus, yeah, their salaries. Rothman, no, we already wrote off their salaries. That's just what they earn. The total value, that's more murky. That's what they're worth. Without these players, we don't have a team. So in that sense, their total value to the business might be the total value of the business. So in that sense, their total value to the business might be the total value of the business. Everything, you pay for it. And seen. So... As I understand it, because of how the IRS and the laws work out when it comes to players and entertainers and corporations, you know, we're looking at people being completely, I mean, people, players, being able to be completely rent off as a loss or a gain. Moving on. So now we're at Indiana and we lose to Indiana. And we're basically gearing up for this Boston and Lakers game. And Magic comes out of the locker room to head to the buses. And there's a girl who calls his name, opens up her chest and basically writes like Larry bird beats magic or the later or like larry bird wins and i just thought larry bird tits larry bird titties and nippies <laughs> i felt like i felt like like that um that uh like Wiley e. coyote or you know and roger babbage just uh, just by seeing tits you're just like your mouth just drops you're just like oh okay we're doing oh oh i what was i say? you know okay and so now we have spencer he's yapping over the line he's like um talking to reporters basically saying like you know paul has a personal vengeance against him and that's why he's not getting any playing time and that's what we're watching it's his like preference and and pat's watching him and pat's watching paul And Pat's watching Spencer talk to the reporters. And Pat's watching Paul watch Spencer look at the reporters. And his gum is chewing. And his gum is chewing. And his jaw is bumping. His jaw is bumping, watching Spencer talk to the reporters. His jaw is bumping, watching Paul watch Spencer talk to the reporters. And I mean, I swear that chewing gum has a has a, is a character all on its own. He's one more character in this season of Winning Time. So we're at this meet and greet back in Lansing, or, yeah, in Lansing, because they have a game with the Pistons with Detroit. And I just know that Dr. J is being messy because he's out here just trying to talk um, magic into a Buick deal. Because since they're in Detroit, you know, GM, and he needed to come out with his own, you know, GM had a deal with him to kind of revive a little bit more of like the factories, in a sense, Um, that wasn't discussed. I'm just kind of adding that anecdote. Um, uh, I'm adding that anecdote. So uh, GM offered Magic a Buick, his own Buick, with a name on it, with his name on it. And they're discussing whether or not he should take this deal, whether he thinks this is a good deal. And Magic's father, um, uh, Magic wanted to talk to his father about it. He said, you know, I have to discuss it with Pops first, but I'll get back to you. And Dr. J's like, we don't have time for you to talk to your daddy about that. I'm your daddy now. And we're at this, basically all of the women at this meet and greet are just oozing and gagaing over magic and for all the players and he's there with cookie and he uh when he's meeting everyone he's basically kind of like oh yeah this this is cookie i'm look Cookie's looking b- up at him deciding looking at him trying to understand i guess their relationship in that moment in time and he rep- he tr- he presents her as cookie and so because she's cookie he she clarifies and he goes my name is alerta Her name's Alertha, basically presenting herself not as Cookie, but as Alertha. And in that moment in time, it's very clear that Cookie is not on his mind in the same way. And also Cookie is confused because we have Magic still, you know, I don't want to say like not grooming her, but like luring her in, tagging her along. He's bringing her along. He's dragging her along. That's the word I'm looking for. We have Magic really dragging Cookie along keeping her in tow but keeping her just far enough and just close enough to keep her around and keep her thinking about him which is really fucked up it's really fucked up magic but again i mean these these kids at this time they're they're what and they're like early 20s 23 24 you know they have a lot you know they, they still have so much more to see and and i get it they don't want to settle down but they still are attached to that old part of themselves and that's messy that's that's the problem when you are you know holding on to these past versions of yourself and you want to stick around with the people who kind of remind you of that but then you decide you want to outgrow that but you're still tagging them along with you and it's like i don't know magic make a fucking pick a choice like pick one do you want to be with them or not or you know i I feel like cookie's gonna accept you for who you are as she always has she just would like for you to maybe pick her more pick her anywho I, I'm <sighs> and so now we have They they played against Detroit and they played against the Pistons and they lost and so Paul the dramatist is out here just like He's out here just, you know, protesting his his demise and how he just can't keep it together. And we have Pat again coming in for that positive reinforcement, for that support. And he's saying, why don't you and me, let's get together. Christmas time. Christmas Day, come over, we'll eat Chinese. Can I come too? I like Chinese. <laughs> Can I come too? <laughs> And so now we have Dr. Day. We have, so we move into Dr. Day, the, the, the team. They're all at Irvin's, Irvin's parents' home. And Magic's father comes up to him and he says, hey, you know, let's discuss this Buick to you. I don't think you should do it. The guys at the factory are saying it's a really it's not a well-made car it's a bad deal you're gonna like lose at the end of it because magic was following dr day around he said pops i'm sorry i already signed the deal dr day said this is the this is a really good deal and you know he's looking out for me well pops didn't take that too lightly and Dr. Day walks up because he can see there an, uh, an a conversation between them two. And he's basically like, hey, what's going on? Like, it's going to be a great deal. Great things happening. And Pops is like, don't you have a daughter to tend to? And as this is happening, basically, they, you know, they st- stand off and then Dr. Day walks away. And as this is happening in the background, you have Norman Nixon telling the story of the myth the legend of the 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 celtic stadium i o'shannon stadium i i couldn't tell you what that name of the stadium is i just know that it is at, is haunted according to norman nixon and probably all of the stories it is absolutely haunted and so while he's telling the story we have kareem sitting at the table watching magic in the distance basically holding court and we have magic's dad sitting at the same table looking over to kareem and saying i'm so blessed to be in your presence i respect you as a player and i just i'm so excited that my son is playing with one of the greatest of all time and so you know kareem's kind of like you know thanks and all and and you most definitely can call me kareem they're now on like a first name basis And Kareem is looking over at Magic and talking to his pops. And he's basically saying, like, has he always been this, you know, unaffected by his surroundings? Because, you know, he talks about his struggle and all the things he came up against. And turns out, according to pops, he's always been that way. He's always been so unaffected by his circumstances and his, you know surroundings even though magic is absolutely a pick me this entire time he is just behaving like such a pick me (laughs) you know um because of this exchange there seems to be a a bonding between these two characters kareem and magic's dad where they both have an understanding even though uh, kareem is closer in age to magic than kareem's father he's still understands and recognizes the plight of the black man at this time and more so than Kareem than more so than Magic does in a way that you know he almost envies and you know to be to be able to move so freely and so unaffected Magic's daddy telling Kareem I need you to I need you to karate chop his ass (laughs) and Kareem was like gladly i'll keep him in check for you almost like giving him like a real like um reality check but you know who's to say who's who's the one to give reality checks you know reality just checks you paul gets a call from elgin Belmore, who happens to be orlando jones which okay just for a moment just for a blip that's all we get from him and basically he's a potential being scouted as a potential potential head coach so soon after that we are back at the hotel with now we're at the hotel room with magic and he's in a robe and then we hear a knock on the door and it's cookie she's fed up she isn't trying to be his number two, he just won't pick her, you know, in this in this very pivotal moment in time in his life. She wants to be picked, so she decides she's going to move on and she's going to go finish school as she intended. And so at the end of the scene, a woman comes out of his hotel room and it's Rhonda. Her fucking friend, Rhonda. I mean, obviously not her friend, but wow, it's just so disgusting how could you do that to how could you do that to cookie like is magic that alluring come on god have some self-respect here anyway i was so i was so disappointed in magic at this moment in time i just thought like literally anyone anyone it's sickening Right, it looks like he's a nymphomaniac. Uh, I don't know. I I just was really heartbroken for Cookie, you know. Because how many how many of us have been in positions where we're chasing people that we care about and that we love, and they just won't pick us. And then then that moment in time, you have to decide for yourself. You know, I have to do right by me. You won't pick me. That's fine. I, I can't be strung along anymore. And, and so then, Bus and McKinney are finishing up their Monopoly game. Bus has to head out the door. And right before he heads out the door, he turns around and looks at McKinney and throws him a shoe or that boot. And McKinney catches it. And in that moment in time, he decides, I'm sticking with McKinney. And so finally, now it's leprechaun time the Celtics versus the Lakers. And they're out there that we have the Lakers in the in the locker room. You know my fucking name. I'm thinking out here it's bussy time. These bitches are about to just move that ass. And it's Kareem and Magic. And Kareem is, is trying to have a little pep talk with Magic. And I'm just thinking, you know what? Just beat his ass. Just do it. Magic ain't listening. Just beat his ass. I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm condoning violence, but in this role, play position, I'm I've already added added up to beyond over my head, and I am a little person. I am five one, five one and a half, and I've already had all of that sixty one inches of it with magic, so I was ready for Karim to beat that ass. So even though they haven't played the game yet, they, even though they're, they're trying to create that mental, mental strength for the game, Bird is still twisting nipples in the locker room because his presence is that large for a man who does not speak. And he still takes up so much air in the room. And they're all talking about how they're all afraid of Bird. And Magic's like, y'all act like he's such a big deal. Like he's such a big deal. Like, he's a boogeyman. We're the Lakers. We're afraid of Bird. We're afraid of one man. Six of us are afraid of one man. And while this is ha- while this conversation is happening, we have Mr. Albucker, who's the owner of the Celtics. He sends Bussy. <laughs> I might just have to call him Buzzy from now on. He sends Dr. Buzz and Frank a little cute Animal Crossings gift packaged so beautifully and it was basically bread in the shape of a turd and I thought oh classy how classy Oof, and it's jump all time and we're watching them back and forth and it's basically we're watching um they're watching bird being very very naughty playing playing rough, almost playing like the, like the 80s Pistons. He's out here just like playing rough. And obviously there are no refs at this game. Refs aren't making call. No one is doing anything. It's just ridiculous how they're just basically, you know, I don't know. They they just seem like they're, they're blindfolded. I, I don't know where the refs are. There aren't any calls. The Lakers are just eating the floor up. And so in this moment, Paul has to decide if he's going to, if he's going to ball up in the fetal position or take up some fucking space. And you know why? Because we have Pat telling him to do so. You have to make a choice. And so Pat decides, I'm going to get in this fucking game. And he's out here screaming at the refs, screaming at these. Because, I I mean, you might as well. Like these, these refs at this moment in time don't deserve any respect. They're not even, they're just watching. They're watching, they're watching the paint dry at the stadium. That's what they're doing. That's what they're watching. And so we have Pat, he comes in and he's like, where are your fucking eyes? Where do they go? You're not calling anything. This is bullshit. Da, 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 da. And Basically, he gets kicked off the game in such a beautiful way. And I just can't wait to see more of that. I want more of that. And so as, as Pat's walking away, we have Paul. Pat's telling Paul, you have to bring in Haywood." You just have to. He can do it for the team. And so, <laughs> Paul looks so tormented and so sorrowed. And he looks over and he goes, let's go, Heywood. And as he's walking away, we're seeing as Pat is walking away, he's screaming, fuck Boston. Fuck Boston, fuck Boston. And I think that's pretty true to this day. But I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) So yeah, that was the episode, guys. It's a quick one. But it was a great episode and it was so jam-packed. I I, I just, I, I really enjoyed this episode so much. There was so much to cover, but... Man, I wonder what they're going to give us on episode eight. Um, I I, wonder if we're going to get renewed for a second season. I, It'd be interesting to see what they would continue. And I, I think if they're going to renew it for a second season, then um, maybe the ending of this season isn't the end all. Or would we be entering a new era of winning time? Or are we still in the 80s? Like, where are we in this, if, you know... And this time frame—I don't even know what time is. I mean, I know we're still in the season, but I don't know. Like one month, I think we're post Christmas, post New Year's. So maybe it's probably like February-ish. I don't know. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in with me today. I'll see you in episode eight with Antonio.